Alive and Kicking is proudly supported by Classic Football Shirts, the home of classic, rare and retro football shirts. For 100% genuine non-reproduction retro shirts, head to classicfootballshirts.co.uk and use the bonus code AK90s to receive a 10% discount on your order. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than the British Bulldog win at Wembley Stadium. My name's Ash Rose and tonight we're talking goals, goals and more goals as we look back at the best goals of the 1990s. If you want to get involved with us, as always, go on Twitter at AK90s or Facebook. Let us know what your favourite goal of the 90s is. We have some ready today that have got in touch and, and told us their favourite goals and we'll mention them throughout as we talk to them. And also make sure you uh, check out the old shows on iTunes. You can subscribe there. And also on ak90s.co.uk. We've also got a brilliant hard Premier League quiz going on there at the moment if you want to check that. I know there's a few that float around Facebook and the internet. Uh, We've come up with our own, um, some Premier League faces. So I'll put the link on the Twitter feed later on today. But have a go at them, see how many you can get. We have tried to make a couple recognisable, but there's some really, truly unrecognisable faces on that quiz. Um, Got a little shout out as well to classicfootballshirts.co.uk who still sponsor us proudly at the moment. Do check their website out. And if you do find the shirt that you want, which I'm sure you'll do, proper old school retro shirts from the era, um, you can go on there, get 10% discount just by typing in AK90s. Uh, we also have got competition with the guys as well on the top of the Twitter feed. So if you want to win a £30 voucher towards the site, just go on Twitter, retweet the, the tweet that's pinned to the top of the board. And we, I think we're going to announce the winner at the end of the month. We've extended it a little bit, so there's more of you to enter. Uh, next week, we're unsure if we're podding or not, we'll let you know. But definitely by the end of the month, we will reveal the winner on here. But on to tonight's guest then, who will be sharing in the goals galore, like the old VHS videos we used to all have. Um, we have 110 well, of the best exactly, and worst yeah. of the season. Yes, that yeah. voice you may, is, you're a QPR fan you'll be familiar with. Um, West 12 Media that help us got this pod together and host of the QPR pod, David Fraser. Hi. And we'll be trying not to talk too much about... We'll try QPR not to. QPR I did ask tonight. you if you wanted me to just talk about either England or Barnet, but you said... You can mention that. We can maybe mention those as well. Um, we've also got Mr. TNA Wrestling in the UK and former Sun journalist and gooner, Simon Rosting. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. And someone who's pretty relevant today, even though we, t- we keep it 90s, Leeds <laughs> fan and freelance music and wrestling writer, Vikram Sagner. How? Good evening. Good evening. How are you feeling? Quickly, non-90s. <laughs> Bonkers day? Pretty bonkers. Well, to it be is a Leeds 90s fan. because it's a throwback to those bonkers days of the 90s at Leeds today. Pretty much, it? yeah. Late 90s, especially, I guess. But um, yeah, it's been a pretty mad day today to be a Leeds fan. Manager's gone, chairman's gone, new manager's in. <laughs> roll on Wednesday, <laughs> well, roll on the next yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take you back to a nicer time and some memorable goals later on. Um, before we do our CVs, then, here's a few things that happened in the 90s this week. Um, 19th October 1993 although a few people on Twitter seem to think it was the 20th but I have double checked this but Norwich beat Bayern Munich 2-1 in Germany in the UEFA Cup um, <laughs> we with, found the best ever w- exactly yeah, someone on Twitter actually I was going to say Goss, yeah it? Jeremy mm. Goss Andrew Rayburn who's been on Twitter who's um, got the other one then uh, Mark Bowen Really? Of course, yeah, of course. Former yeah. assistant yeah. manager at QPR, of course. Yeah, Andrew Raymond mentioned that as well on Twitter, he's been on the show. Um, 20th of October 1996, Newcastle beat Man United 5-0 at St James's Park. Another great goal from Philip Alpert! 
there, as Martin Tyler said on the commentary. Twenty <laughs> first uh, of October, nineteen ninety two. Rangers beat Leeds. Sorry, Vic, in the Champions League in the first Battle of Britain mm. of the nineties. Might talk about that today. Oh, Carl okay. Shutt scored that Ooh, night. Oh, there's no, a name from the nineties. No, he scored in the other oh, leg. He scored in the other one. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, I did sorry, want sorry. to talk about that. Actually, <laughs> may well bring that. Twenty third of October, nineteen ninety nine. Carnu scores a thirty five minute hat trick to beat Chelsea three two. Another great. <laughs> the last one wasn't it from an impossible angle? Yeah, if I remember. Yeah. Another amazing goal. Another amazing yeah. goal. Yeah. And lastly, 25th October 96, Ray Harford resigned as Blackman manager. On the same day in 98, another Leeds thing, they appointed Dave Day Leary. So something about in the waters of the 25th of October. So let's do our CVs quickly then. Um, let's start with David, then the voice of QPR, the podcast. Sum up the 90s for, for QPR. Oh God, the 90s for QPR was, well, it was, it was a decade of two halves, I suppose, as, as they say. We were going quite nicely, actually, the first half of the decade. Top London club, which nobody else, unless you're a QPR fan, sort of knows or thinks about. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep hold of that. But yeah. in 92-93, in, uh, wasn't it? 92-93. Yeah. Classic FM um, kit. Classic FM kit. Um, yeah, you do it by kits. I, I do, do it by, by FA Cup yeah. finals when uh, <laughs> Arsenal beat Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup final. We finished fifth yeah. in the division which was above Arsenal Spurs and all the rest of them then kind of eventually the best players and managers best players Les Ferdinand Andy Sinton and manager Jerry Francis went and that led to a relegation and was I think that was the decade we also went into administration yeah by the end of it yeah um, so really a decade of two halves yeah best 90s player then for QPR for you Best 90s player for QPR, I adored Andy Sinton. As I told the man himself when he came to the live QPR pod, he was my first Hotmail password. Um, and also named my fish it's after like him being and hotmail, but risked yeah. a restraining order. Um, Andy Sinton. When, I mean, it, it, he was sort of a very 90s player, but he was one of those rare wingers. He was a left winger, but he could cross and shoot mm. and score with either foot and he Les Ferdinand would not be half the legend quite unquote yeah. he is today without Andy Simpson's service so he's my great player. goal first ever Monday night football is one I always first remember. ever Monday yeah. night goal Against in the Premier League main road. and then outside of, of Loftus Road best 90s player overall well I'm glad I'm first because I wonder if you two might say this the the icon of the 90s for me is Eric Cantona mm. He's the a sort of attitude, man. the swagger. <laughs> yeah, the Leeds fan, won't But Leeds let him go for a song, but that wasn't as bad an error as tr- the one that Trevor Francis made with Eric Cantona because he Maybe had a go. trial yeah. at Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. and either didn't pass the trial or was so sort of incandescent at being asked for a trial that he didn't end up staying there and that was down to Trevor Francis so he made a much bigger balls up than um, Wilkinson or whoever it was who let him go yeah Wilkinson got him on loan and brought him in and uh, yeah let him go I guess the following year couldn't handle him really in the end Um, what was it for a million pounds yeah we got him it's the whole Dennis Irwin story isn't it (laughs) I I remember that and we could not I remember we were playing football at my sort of youth club that night it was a Monday night when they said that Cantona had gone to mm. United, for I was in shock. It was unbelievable was at the club? time. I was in shock. I was around where I where I live in in in, in Kenton near Wembley, right. <laughs> um, but it, it was unbelievable when when that news came through. Brilliant, good choice. Is it popular choice? No, it's a popular choice on here. Charity Shield game though, I always remember for Leeds it was a good one wasn't it Charity Shield was amazing yeah, yeah, was that was one of the most entertaining Charity Shields are usually boring aren't they 4-3 yeah, yeah 4-3 to Leeds Cantona hat trick and you think you know he'd go on from strength to strength from there and it turned out he couldn't handle him really Wilkinson and uh, sold him to his best mate Alex Ferguson and the rest, rest is, is history, history as they yeah, say we'll, yeah. we'll stick with you then sum up it's kind of two halves for Leeds as well isn't it pretty the 90s. much yeah pretty much I think the, the early 90s well compared to now I guess you would say it was 
pretty stable for Leeds. We, we <laughs> it's only, a rarity, yeah. We only had uh, three managers in a decade, um, <laughs> but um, not, the, not, not, not yeah, not <laughs> in the same month, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the early '90s were uh, were pretty euphoric to be a Leeds fan. Uh, we came up from the second division into the first division. Uh, Howard Wilkinson got us there. Put Gordon Strachan in. Got Vinnie Jones. We had um, the great Chris Kamara in the side as well. Mel Sterling. That's always a name Mel I Sterling. remember for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, Tony great left back. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, we really got into the first division, and um, he, you know, everyone said Leeds would struggle first season in, and we finished fourth. And you go, oh, here we go, maybe able to build on something. And the very next season, we won the league. Pipped Manchester United to the title. So, 91 92 season, absolutely amazing to be a Leeds fan. Mm. Do you remember who beat you 4 1 that season? <laughs> <laughs> That's what sorry, I usually sorry. do. Sorry, 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 sorry. Just keep you up. Yeah, it's one, one yeah. minor. Keep one blip. In yeah, otherwise, one blip. Yeah. otherwise winning season, I would say. Um, from then on, I mean, Wilkinson tried to, try to sort of build the team um, up, but unfortunately, the very next season, we, we struggled quite a lot. Didn't win a, a game away from home all season. Uh, Europe, we had the Battle of Britain, got, got knocked out of that by Rangers. Um, and really, you know, I think um, selling Cantona really was the beginning of the end for Howard yeah. Wilkinson in the end. Mm. Um, once he went, we brought in George Graham. Uh, had Had a bit of a rebuilding job to do. Uh, but uh, once he... Um, once he saw the money at Tottenham and, and went there, um, sure enough, his assistant David O'Leary got got given the job, and and so we ended the nineties, looking forward to a, to a bright future. Really, not not really knowing what the yeah. early two thousands would bring, but uh, yeah, overall, you know, really successful nineties for a and best player. You're time. obviously not going to go for Eric Cantona, so best <laughs> lead. Definitely not in Eric Cantona. Um, I used to absolutely love Gary Speed. Mm. Gary Speed was my favourite player growing up. Um, used to want his shirt, and you know, have the number eleven on there. Um, well, that's not the, num- the name you've got on the back on the shirt tonight, No, no, is it? no. I'm actually wearing a... Um, obviously, you can't see this on the podcast, but I'm actually we'll wearing a traditional uh, Thistle Hotels Leeds United kit with uh, the number 21 Yeboah on the back as which well. we'll definitely is, talk about it in a we'll bit. we'll talk about yeah. today. But um, my favourite player, I would say... Well, actually, Gary Speed was my favourite player, but um, the one I wanted to mention would be Gary Kelly because yeah. um, he was the one who came into our side in the, in the year we won the title. And um, basically made over 500 appearances mm. for us. So he was he was you know a stalwart throughout the 90s, really. And outside of Ellen Road, who would you go for? Um, I know he's been mentioned on the podcast a few times before. Um, and the only reason I'd probably mention him is because the most amount of goals he ever scored w- was against us. Um, and that would probably be Alan Shearer. Okay. Yeah. Um, would have loved him to be in the lead side. But um, looking away from England, uh, my favourite player abroad was, was always Roberto Baggio. Yeah. Baggio to Divine Ponytail, yes. just, you know play in the park trying to be like Baggio trying to take on about two three defenders Did and side put it in I didn't have a ponytail <laughs> Baggio had the ponytail I could try and grow my hair but unfortunately my hair kind of grew up rather than sort of long really but uh, yeah Baggio was, was always my hero with Shearer I always say and my, gets upsets my dad but my dad never rated him which I think is the most hilarious <laughs> thing ever so sorry dad once again and finally Simon we've had a few <laughs> Arsenal fans I know hilarious uh, Arsenal fans on here um, so well, it's summed up Arsenal quite nicely but go on then as quick as you can okay Arsenal. so I'll be quick since yeah. everyone's gone over it before two of the greatest managers of all time in one decade mm-hmm. start and Bruce Rioch yeah, <laughs> but who signed Dennis Burkamp mm-hmm. Bruce Rioch so he did. started George Graham, you know, first year of the 90s, I think, was our, was our league title. Won the two cups in 93. Just brilliant being a fan at that point. People called us boring Arsenal, but, you know, for me, winning trophies is the most important thing. Then Bruce Rioch comes in. Bad season, but he buys Dennis Burkamp and David Platt, I believe. 
Wenger comes in. My first season as a season ticket holder was Wenger's first season. Arsenal who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we went up to Leeds. I think it might have been the first game of that season and lost um, or drew. I can't remember the exact result, but thought, OK, well, it's a season of transition. Then by, by the end of his first full season, we're, we're the league champions. We've won the double. And, you know, and then from there on, built into the 2000s with mm. the Invincible team. So just having those two managers... And some of the players that we saw mm. never. And we can talk about it more later. But whoever believes you would have seen Dennis Bergkamp in yeah. an Arsenal shirt. Is so, he the? Is he the one? Is he your best club player in the nineties? No, nah, it's got to be Tony Adams, the man that straddles both both eras. Really, yeah. you know, won all those titles. Um, mm. So many you could pick anyone in that back five. Really, yeah. yeah. I, I think every Arsenal fan we've had on has picked Adams yeah. as their nineties player. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. One's picked Burkamp and yeah. then cheated and picked them for the best nineties <laughs> player overall as well. So who would be yeah. outside of Highbury? Outside of Highbury, Matt Latissier. Without um, a doubt, one. I'm surprised yeah. you to when David said at the start. I think everyone's going to pick him. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be Latissier, the most amazing. If you could see, yeah. If you said to anyone, you can watch, you know, one player. You wouldn't pick Kanzler. You would certainly wouldn't pick Alex Shearer, Alan Shearer doing his tapping. You'd pick Matt Letizier. That's the player. If you paid your money, who you'd want to see. And, you know, England, you talk about in other podcasts, but how he didn't get more cuts, yeah. I don't know. No, absolutely. He's doing really yeah. well on that. If that Eter- I know it's not 90s, mm. that Eternal Glory random show that's on ITV at the moment. Superstars right. by another Yeah, name, and he's doing it? really well, which you wouldn't think of Matt Letizier. And he actually tweeted at us today as well, Matt Letizier. But come on the podcast, Matt. We'd love to hear from you. Um, well, we'd be great to hear you tonight because we're definitely going to talk about you uh, tonight because we're talking the best goals of the 90s. We've also got uh, a guest on the phone who scored quite an important goal for him and, and for the club he played for in the 90s, Craig Hignett. We'll speak to him in just just a moment but first before we go through what I've got in front of me is the, the BBC's match of the day's goal of the season so we'll talk we'll go through those as well as other goals but the guys have all seen that list so before we go through bits and bobs of that list is there a couple of goals that first David you'd like to just mention that aren't on that list but you like you remember very well from the 90s well going through that list because for my own podcast I don't do that much research but for this one I felt better <laughs> He's lying. And, and I looked through um, I looked through all these goal videos and for the first time, I actually thought, do you know what? Maybe that injection of money in 92, 93 in the whole Premier League made a difference because the goals collections, yeah. 1990, 91, were dreadful. <laughs> the type of goals that were winning goals of the season, you basically had... Well, you see, did you see Nathan Redmond's goal for Norwich yeah. yesterday, which yes. was a brilliant sort of on-the-volley strike? That was far better than pretty much any yeah. goal in 1990 or 91. You basically had, like, tap-ins from the mm. likes of Mike Marsh, F and a Koku, Franz car, And then all of a sudden, apart from Roy Wegley, apart don't worry, I'm sure we'll be coming Yeah, we'll talk about that But goal. then you came Cracking to it, up. and there were some brilliant, brilliant goals. Letizier is going to get a lot of airtime tonight, and I loved his goals. But the thing that I forgot about was how many worldies Ian Wright scored. Yeah, I've, I actually got so a couple down here because I kept goals. going, oh, that goal as well, that goal as yeah. well. He did not, I mean, he did score tapping, yeah. but he could score left foot, right foot from outside of the yeah. area. Some absolutely screamers that yeah. he scored. Well, that's why, that's why we're on here. That's, yeah. I mean, the two I've got written down here yeah. that are not in that list, but I thought we'd give them a mention, uh, the Everton goal. Yeah. I'm looking at Simon because obviously you'll remember it more yeah. than any of us. Where it was kind of, was it chest? Flick a bit like Gascoigne, flick over the head, yeah. and then you kind of more of a volley. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm doing impression. it. It's not working yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and the Swindon chip, mm. two. I like David said, worldy goals. Yes. Two great goals. I yeah, mean, yeah. to be honest, I picked Tony Adams as my player. Nineties, thinking the other Arsenal fans won't have picked him because they would have. No got one's picked him right. Yeah. But I mean, in reality, if I mm. can change, if we can rewind or edit the podcast, <laughs> I'd like to pick Ian Wright because actually, I thought Tony Adams was the clever pick, but actually, Wrighty in that ninety, I mean, the goal against Bolton. 
just the fact that he broke the record, yeah. a record that had stood since Cliff Bastin. I don't mm. think even my dad, maybe not even my granddad, even saw Cliff Bastin. Yeah, play, you know, it's that long mm. ago, and he finally broke that. And now, obviously, Henri beat him again, but the amount of goals he scored and the amount of great goals he scored, and people again think Ian Wright wasn't in so the no class to be Henri's record. Do you think? So no go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Theo, isn't it? You're it? laughing now. I mean, uh, Alexis Sanchez might. All right, hashtag keep it 90s. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Vic, um, any goals that, we, that are not obviously on that list we'll talk about in a minute, but really you would like to mention? Uh, well, the 90s, I mean, as a Leeds fan, I mean, we, we had some fantastic strikers there. I mean, obviously you mentioned Cantona before, but uh, Yeboah, obviously mm. I think we'll, we'll talk about it at some point. But um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank actually yep. was uh, was with us in the late 90s and he, he had a few screamers in there actually, you know, some really good goals and obviously cost Arsenal the title oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. That, that was a diving heaven and a half, though, wasn't <laughs> I was, that? Yeah. I was photoed in the paper in tears. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've always got a friend who used to just see that and be like, we could have stopped them, don't the treble, we could have stopped them. <laughs> but there's one goal which I was trying to look for today and I couldn't find it, but um, obviously everyone talks about, um, I mean, I guess we're going to mention him again, the Ghana and Yaboa, but um, in that incredible season that he had with Leeds, I think he went to the African Nations Cup in 95, 96, I think it was, and um, he scored one of the best scissor kicks I've ever seen. Oh, and he was outside kick. of the area mm. and he scored this amazing scissor kick for Ghana. And uh, I remember on fantasy football the following week, Badil and Skinner mentioned it in passing along with Stato and things. But um, I can't find it. I can't find it on YouTube. can't find it anywhere. But it was one of the... Watching it live, it was one of the best goals I've seen. Mm. Your score. Can I mention important goals? Yeah, of course. Spectacular yeah. goals. Yeah. Had three goals that I think sort of shaped the football narrative of the 90s. Do and it. they are all Man United. But or linked to Man United, but at the end of the day, Man United was the, the team yeah, of the nineties. Yeah, second best team. So <laughs> the obvious one is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, that sort of last minute, yeah. nineteen ninety nine Champions League final, all the rest of it. Because Absolutely you wouldn't have. Sick. I was in my little Bayern Munich shirt. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not a Man United fan, but I was jumping from the rooftops because I had Mario Basler to score first, Man United to win two one, hundred and twenty five to one. Um, don't know wow. what, how or why I picked that but I did but that goal you wouldn't yeah. have Sir Alex no, no you wouldn't no. have had these BBC documentaries you wouldn't the, the, tw- the word treble would just, just have faded into football obscurity now exactly. it's a thing now Inter Milan did it and Bayern Munich did it and it's it became a thing didn't it after Man United did it so, 100% yeah. so that sort of changed that made Alex Ferguson a legend the second one also sort of comes up from time to time that Mark Robbins goal for yeah. Man United against Forest third round 1990 which supposedly Supposedly kept Fergie yeah. in the job, yeah. mm-hmm. and the rest is history. The third one never gets mentioned that much, which is um, Nick Henry. Nick Henry scored a goal for Oldham to, for them to win. Oldham were in the Premier League, yeah, everyone. Yeah, right. yeah. um, Royal, yeah. For them to beat Aston Villa 1 0 in yeah. 1993, 2nd of May, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this which the, the meant wet? Yeah. That United won their first title since 1967. So United won that first title mm. without actually playing on that day. And that's when Sky had Steve Bruce and Peter Schmeichel in their very modest-looking home watching the TV on, like, a kind of split-screen. <laughs> right? Nothing like you can imagine a footballer's pad being now. There they are on this little side. Look like a, you know, a standard free-bed semi. And there they are. I think Casper Schmeichel's even in the video. It's like a, <laughs> oh. uh, a five-year-old, and they were watching it were from home. Were they injured then, or were the games not the same? No, no they, they played the, the same day time. Yeah. But it wasn't so the last Villa- game of the Villa lose no it just it, meant if Villa lost Villa lost right, made United one United league right, title oh, yeah. and the legend goes that Alex Ferguson was on the golf course yeah. and on the 17th green someone came up to him and said you've won the title but Nick 
Henry scored for Oldham to win 1 0, which won them their first title. And that's the good, rest of good there really yeah. is. So we need to catch up with Nick Henry getting Yeah, I need to find <laughs> Nick Henry. If you're on Twitter or anywhere, or anyone knows where he is, come on the t- podcast quickly, Simon. Then um, before we go through these goals and speak to Craig Hignett, is there anything you'd like to okay. quickly mention? So there's five of us in this room, including the producer, and I who's also a gooner. Who's also a gooner, which is good. So. <laughs> At least three of us, maybe actually four of us, saw the most historic goal of the nineties, which was when John Jensen scored. <laughs> yes, not I only had this with you. Yeah, I know. I've okay, had this let's pre-pod. talk about that goal. So, not only did I see that goal, I was also in the North Bank that day because, as it was then, you know, I couldn't get a ticket for the away end. Can you tell me the score in that game? <laughs> I do know the score. The score's irrelevant because John Yen's and, scored. And who, the who Arsenal so played. Arsenal, play, Arsenal playing QPR that day and QPR won 3-1. Now, if you listen to this podcast yeah. back, you'll probably think QPR are actually the best team of the night. <laughs> yeah, it's they true. They keep hearing about how yeah. the top London it's team, true. how many games they won. QPR and won the And we did the do the double over. They did. Yeah, and they did the double over. Kevin Gallen and Gary Penrose. But yeah. when everyone came out or even the people around you, what was everyone singing? Did cheering. anyone even mention that we'd lost the game or was it all just... cheering. I was just saying pre-podcast. Whose dad was an Arsenal fan, and wherever I used to go around his house, he would li- he would put a T-shirt on just for me that said that was probably bought along the Highbury at some point in one of those stalls. I saw John Jensen score, and he'd dance around this silly little dance, and I was like, "Well, three one," and because yeah, they they basically bought him on the strength of a good performance in the European Championship. That's right. It was the Carol Paborski before the Carol Paborski, wasn't it? There's always there's always someone like that. And what, was he, and if I got this right, in the midst of time, I may have it wrong, was he the sort of cause of all George Graham's brown envelope problems? He was one of the two. And the, as right. we discussed last week, Pear yeah. Lidson, who yeah. no, okay. one, no so, one can really remember having a, a lustrous he career. He was one of the two. And the thing was, because he scored goals in that European Championship, everyone thought he was scored in the final, didn't he? Yeah, he scored yeah. in the final. So everyone was right. expecting goals from him. But actually, he was a good workhorse player. You know, a sort of, sort of player Arsenal lack now. And keeping it keeping it nineties, but the sort of player that we like now, someone who's going to get stuck in, protect the back yeah. four. So he wasn't that bad a player, but it was built up and built up, and then he finally scored. All right, we lost the game, but it was brilliant. <laughs> um, most of the goals, the Letizia goals, the Burkamp goals, were on the list we're yeah, going to we'll discuss. Talk but talking about important goals, Mark Overmars, two very important goals in our in our double season under Wenger. Goal up at Man United, which yeah. is a goal I don't think. Roasted the, def- yeah. Yeah, the left hand. I remember that goal. We're in the that, uh, yellow kit. That yeah. was the goal. We talk about Man United as a team of the nineties, quite rightly, and all the stuff in the early nineties. But that was the goal that turned the table, at least for that period. Yeah. And I've never celebrated a goal more than that. Even the goals when we've won leagues or Mark cups or anything like that. That one going up to United, who were the big team, and beating them on the way to double was amazing. And then he scored again in the cup final. Mm. So those two goals, in terms of importance for my team, Arsenal, were the big ones. And also, I've got to say as well. We haven't mentioned that Arsenal actually won the World Cup in the 90s. <laughs> and, you know, the Petit's goal, I was in front of the TV watching quite a boring World Cup final. And then when Vieira passed the Petit and he puts it in, I was going mental. Like, oh, and because we did win the... I mean, people talk about West Ham winning the World Cup back, back in the 60s, but Arsenal won the World Cup in the 90s. So that's worth mentioning that goal. And it was a <laughs> sweet finish. At least you didn't buy Stefan Givash on the back of that like Newcastle did. <laughs> right, we're going to go through this list and talk about um, small goals, especially Mr Yaboa, um, which is firstly going to speak to Craig Hignett. Craig, welcome to our Life and Kick In. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. good. Thank you for talking to us. We're going to take you back uh, to the 90s now, obviously for you. Uh, a lot of that was spent at Borough, but you started at Crewe. Um, was that the, the academy with Dario Grady and things like that? What, how was that, and it, how did the transfer to Middlesbrough come about? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I left. I was at Liverpool as a kid, and then Dario would see me play, invited me up to Crewe. When uh, I had three and a half, almost four years at, at, at Crewe, where you know 
I really learned about football. You know, Dario was a, a fantastic coach, um, and and just taught me how to play football properly in, in mm. the right way. Um, I've got so much respect for him, um, and it was fantastic times at Crew as a young lad. You know, we we played football the right way, played some good stuff, um, and really learned me trade. And then I think we played Borough in a, a pre-season friendly. At one stage, I'd scored a couple of goals against them. Um, and I think that's where their interest started. And then I had a, a really good start to uh, to a season in, in 92. And then Borough came in with an offer. Yeah. And what did you make? I mean, was Middlesbrough really what you expected? And what, what sort of club was it when you got there? Well, it was, um, you know, it was in the Premier League. So it was, you know, it was the first season of the Premier League. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect, if I'm honest. You know, it was... I think the time was right for me to move. Um, I'd, I'd scored a lot of goals, and I think it was, it was November time. Um, and then when I went up to Middlesbrough, I met Lenny Lawrence, who was the manager then. Instantly liked him. You know, he was a, a very, very likable man. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, Ayrson Park was one of them. It was an old ground, and it, it needed a, a good lick of paint. But it was, it was very atmospheric. It was. It was a great place to play, and and the one thing about the Borough fans was they were always passionate. You know, yeah. if, if you give a hundred percent, then they'll they'll put up with you having a bad game. Um, but they were they were always behind the team, um, and it was a tricky place for people to go and play. Old Ayrson Park. It was um, it was a really it was a good ground for me. You know, I I enjoyed playing there. But the time was right when when the club eventually moved to the Riverside. Absolutely, and you spent pretty much the majority of the 90s at Barron, saw so much change within the club, like you say, the ground, but not just the ground, the squad as well, obviously the guys that came in, Ravinelli, Emerson, and as we've talked a lot, a lot about on this podcast, Janine, what was it like to see that change and play with that, those kind of players? That was incredible, really, you know, from the, the club I signed um, to the club as it was when we went and Brian Robson took over, went to the Riverside Stadium, signed the players that you mentioned, you know, the Nick Barnbys, Ravinelli, Janino. Emerson, um, literally anyone could walk through the door because yeah. Borough were, were throwing out, you know, they, I think they broke the wage structure when Ravinelli signed. Um, but, you know, if you, if you think about it now, Ravinelli had just won the equivalent of the Champions League. He'd been top scorer, you know, playing for Juventus. And, and to get him, I don't know what it'd cost now. It'd be astronomical now, mm. I'd imagine. But at the time, um, Middlesbrough could compete with anyone. You know, Steve Gibson's been a, an unbelievable chairman for the football club. It's his passion. You know, he he loves the club um, and and the support and ambition he's given to that club over the years has, has been quite incredible. So literally anyone could have walked through the door. As a player, it was fantastic. You know, you, you do want to play with the best players and, and you want to play and test yourself. And and literally anyone could have walked through the door. So it was it was a real thrill to be around the club at that time. Mm, there must be quite a mix as well with, with you know, the, the honest English pros that were there, like yourself and people like Steve Vickers and that, with the, the foreign flair that came in. Have you got any stories? Because we had lots of stories of Emerson and, and Janine. Is there any stories that stick out for you from, from those guys? <laughs> I've got loads of stories from the time. I mean, it, you know, I don't think we have to do this with them. But, I mean, Ravinelli was certainly a character. Um, wasn't everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, there's, a, there's a story once about you know the milkman went to his house and, and knocked on the door and, and said to him, you know, it's uh, I need the milk money. It's four pound fifty one or whatever it was. He said, you know, you've had mon- milk Monday, Tuesday, nothing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You've had a couple of pints and it's four fifty one. And Avanelli yeah. said to him, no, no, no. He said, well, is there a problem? He said, yeah, it's an honour. I drink from your dairy, and that's what 
That, that was a typical Rav. He, he wouldn't pay for his milk, even though it was only four pounds fifty-one. But that's, you know, that's what he was like. Yeah, but brilliant. As a as a man and uh, as a footballer, he just lived for football. Great finisher, and he had probably the best debut I've ever seen in the Premier League when he, he scored trick, three yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah, on the opening day. So there was always things going on. The, the team spirit probably wasn't as good as it should have been. Um. Probably because of the diversity we had in the squad and and the the wild range of, of wages that was flying about. Um so the team spirit wasn't great but you know, we we were a match for anyone on our day. You know, we had some great results against some top teams and, and they were really exciting times, you know, getting to cup finals and you know, never quite winning one but we were always in with a chance, so it was it, it was a great time to be involved. How did you guys cope with the cup finals and the relegation? Because it was such a roller coaster season that season for Middlesbrough. Well, it was. It was. You know, we we'd been relegated the week before the FA Cup final. We'd we'd lost the League Cup final on a replay, um, and it was a game. You know, at Blackburn where we'd had a lot of injury and illness around the squad, particularly illness. You know, there was a lot of lads going down. Couldn't feel the team, um, and we. And obviously, we'd, we'd informed the, the correct people, but we ended up losing three points because of it, and, and we ended up getting relegated because of that. that those three points. So in the season, we'd, we'd done just enough to stay up, but ended up getting relegated. So that was a bit of pill to swallow. And then you have to play the, the FA Cup final a week after. Well, like I say, team spirit wasn't great. Um, there was a bit of friction in the, in the squad at the time. And then the start of the FA Cup final, and you remember David Taylor's goal yeah. after about forty odd seconds. So that that's a real punch to the to the belly, and uh, we never quite recovered from it. Mm-hmm. Something you are remembered for, though, uh, you scored, if I believe, right, the first ever goal at the Riverside Stadium. We're talking goals tonight. So what does what does that goal mean to you? And can you what do you remember of it? Well, I remember it. Yeah, it was um, you know it was against Chelsea, so there was a like I say, great atmosphere, brand new stadium. It was full. Uh, I think there was even queues outside to get in. Um, I remember Nick Barmby breaking down the left-hand side. And the one thing about Nick Barmby is he was such a good footballer. He always done the, the right thing. I'd made a run. I was in the middle on my own. And, and I knew Nick had, had squared it for me. And that's what he did. He squared it for me. And fortunately enough for me, the strike was all right and, and ended up going in. But at the time, I didn't think anything of it. And it was Robbie Musto who said to me at half-time, you look, he's so-and-so. And then, why? He said, "Well, it's a first goal, and I never, it never really crossed my mind." Mm. But then, as I've left the club, and you know that some of the fan letters that I got, they'd always mention it, and, and people now in Middlesbrough, you know, still come up and talk to me about the, the first goal. So it's, you know, I'm really privileged to to have done that, and, and feel quite lucky as well. Mm, it's a nice thing to remember. But finally, before we go, as I said, the pod tonight is talking about goals. What's the best goal you mark? Your number one goal? Because you're quite handy from midfield. What, what was the best goal for you? Um. I've scored some long range ones. Um, I think the one that sticks in my mind is one for Coventry. I was at Coventry on loan with Gary McAllister, manager, and um, we played Derby. And it was a, a bouncing ball about 25 yards out, just bounced and came up. And it was it was more a technique goal than anything, and ended up going in off the crossbar, sort of top cornerish. Um, that's up there. The first goal, obviously, yeah, I'll remember for, forever, and that'll you know that that'll be me best most important goal and there was one against Liverpool in the cup um, that I'd scored and obviously Liverpool was my you know, was my boyhood team and um, still go and watch them now so to score against them in a I think it was quarter finals of the League Cup that was a thrill as well um, 
I got one for Barnsley in the playoff final. I think it was the last Englishman to score at Wembley, and um, that's a good goal to have. You know, it's it's an important goal for me. Mm. Um, so there was there was loads of, of little things, that, but the one that sticks out was probably the first goal at the Riverside. Not because it was a great goal, just because of, of what it meant. Um, but I was thinking about the the one at Coventry that I scored. I'm thinking that was a great goal, and then Gary McAllister went and topped it. <laughs> he scored an unbelievable goal on the volley, a big dip in volley. Um, it was it was an unbelievable goal, and I think that game's remembered for his goal now. Well, you've got your Riverside goal to, to Gary McAllister <laughs> can't take that away from you. No, Brilliant. he can't. Well, thanks very much for those memories, Craig. Great speaking to you. Real pleasure. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Ash. Bye. 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 Good stuff from Craig there and a great story about Ravenelli and first goal of the Riverside. So another important goal, well, at least for Middlesbrough in the 90s. Um, we're going to look at the goal of the seasons. These were what we, I'd say official, but I think everybody, especially these days, go by the BBC match of the day goal of the season as the definitive one, even though Roy Wegley's goal, I'm going to get it in now, that what, that was 1990 against Leeds, uh, black and red Dennis Nunes hoops, <laughs> went round six players, back of the net was the match. I think we discussed pre-pod, wasn't it? We decided it was the ITV's the match. <clears throat> goal of the season with Elton Wellsby so cheers Elton for that Can I ask a question on the voting for goal of the season is it because in the back in the day with these 90s you used to be able to phone up and vote yeah same thing is it still the same I think you can go on Twitter and right. hashtag it now because isn't that like really dangerous? Because someone like Jeremy yeah. Corbyn will end up winning it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like um, well, you know, it's you the let same the way that vote in anything. And well, it's trying probably... to keep it nice, but Jordan Henderson's on the cover of the new FIFA game, and I think oh, that's yeah. Yeah. down yeah, to a slightly sabotage. Like, yeah. yeah, not not he doesn't. But this was so, sorry to yeah. to go, keep going back to QPR. At some point in the 1990s, QPR fans got Jamie Pollock yeah. voted as. International Man of the Year, yeah. ahead of the Pope on account of, of an Jesus. own ahead of, of Jesus, Jesus. Ahead of on account of an own goal that Not he year. scored. He was Man of the Century or something like that. that it's in some book that I've written about. <laughs> yeah, but it's very it's true. It's Not a new thing, though. No, yeah. no, it's it's, it's yeah, it's very I true. We did a wrestling one with Sports Personality of the Year. Maybe William Regal or British Bulldog or one of them, and. We, when I was working at somewhere we encouraged people to vote and they actually ended up banning that person from the voters that they were going to win and there's a really famous fisherman that they had to ban as well because he kept winning because fishing and wrestling communities are like and it that. didn't work then yet right. now doing a hashtag you think is even easier than phoning in and yeah. they do it but yeah. these votes have always been I mean the guy got voted president of America after a <laughs> <laughs> hashtag yeah. in 2000 hashtag yeah. Barrett yeah. <laughs> right goal of season BBC I'm not going to talk too much about every single one of them but we'll go through we'll pick a few out um, I didn't know this, but the 1990 gold season was Ian Wright's in the cup final against Man United, which I think was his first goal for Palace. Yeah. Um, but that was a good goal. It was a good goal. That would so again, like, that's nowhere near goal of the season me, now. Because I was like, that was, yeah, that was, was because goal. obviously I think at the time, I, you know, ITV had the rights to most of the matches. And mm. Goal of the season traditionally yeah. became a BBC kind of theme, well, really. And, it, it's themed in that because the first three are all mm. FA Cup goals. So you, like you say, the first Ian Wright, Gazza's... Did they rig it so you could only vote for... Or ma- match of the day must have done of the season time, according yeah. to the footage that we have. Ah, yeah. ITV, they couldn't show the other girls. Yeah. Yeah. ITV, the way they used to do it, I, I still yeah. remember this, but it used to be on St. and Greavesy on a, on a Saturday That's afternoon. Right. Yeah. And what they used to do, they used to ask each of the clubs to nominate one their best goal of the season. So what you would have to sit through is 20 goals from each yeah. club and then vote for your favourite and then they would narrow it down to say six goals and then from those six goals you would pick what was goal of the season there must have been me ringing up Roy Wigley mm. like, <laughs> over and over again on my mum's dad's phone bill yeah. Time, yeah. Um, so yeah so it's going that thing 48pm minutes yeah the next two Paul Gascoigne's goal in the 
91 Cup semi-finals. Sorry, oh, skip over that. Yeah, good we'll skip goal. over. Good goal. You know, good goal. Great free kick. Another free kick. <laughs> you look like this one either. A free kick from Mickey Thomas was 92. Ooh, yeah. In the, one of, uh, one of the greatest Cup giant killings yeah, of we'll FA Cup about history, wasn't killings it? Pod. Was, yeah. um, but I'm going to focus on quickly on one, which was the first season of the Premier League. So yeah, we are back to when BBC had the highlights. And this goal, I always remember it, but and someone mentioned it on Twitter today. Uh, Mitchell Willis um, mentioned it for us to talk about. And it's Daley Atkinson's goal against Wimbledon. I was thinking, who's Mitchell Willis? Who did he play for? <laughs> I really should have done my research. <laughs> was that, that was the one where he grabbed the umbrella? Yes. So, in the midst of time, I can't remember the goal, but I can you remember, remember the, the umbrella. Yeah, the umbrella and Dean Saunders jumping yeah. on his back. But he went round a few players and then he kind of chipped it Chipped into it. the net. But he also played with Dean Saunders up yeah. front, who was a staple of goals galore, 110 yeah. of the best and worst of the season videos. <laughs> yeah. He used to score some really good goals, Dean and that Saunders. Was, that was yeah, a great goal. Um, and one the following season, which was Similar in a way, it was more about skill. And I'll put this on to Vic, being the Leeds fan here. Um, Rod Wallace. Rod Wallace's goal was was fantastic. I still remember it. It was towards the end of the season, I think it was. And uh, and Rod Wallace basically picked the ball up in his own half. He's, he's sort of hanging down the left wing. A couple of Tottenham midfielders try and challenge him. Skips them both. Runs along the left wing. Cuts inside about another three. And then curls it into the far corner. And it was, it was just... a curler as well, wasn't it? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I think that was the season that Matt Letizia scored not one, but two great goals yeah. in the same match yeah, against Newcastle. Yeah, that and was didn't get in... goal of the season. That was the nine, yeah, not October ninety three. So that would have been that season. No, it was the season before that. Daily Axons year. They were oh, uh, they no, were really? two other yeah, I think jaw dropping yeah, moments. He did. Yes. He did. Yeah. Rod Wallace's one was was stunning in the fact that you know it was pretty much a nothing game. I think we were both mid table yeah. sides, and mm. it was towards the end of the season. But the goal itself was stunning. I mean, uh, Rod Wallace was you know a great great stalwart for Leeds as well throughout the nineties. You know, great great signing for us and. Um, yeah, probably one of his one of his finest moments. For I was us, watching sure. the goal earlier. And my favorite, not my favorite, bit, but what made me smile was that the commentator at the time, Gerald Sinstad, <laughs> which was another name for the matters, ended it with "What a goal from Rodney." Yeah, and I was like, Rod, did any, I just ordered the name as Rod Wallace? And never Rod was he a Rodney at Leeds or was he Rod? No, he was always known as Rod. Yeah, he is obviously officially Rodney Wallace. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things. Whenever you used to watch the highlights on Match of the Day and things like that, you always hoped you got a good commentator, didn't you? Because mm. I think, you know, when you, you know, John Watson and Barry Davis were obviously the two of the best. Yeah, I was always more of had, a Barry man. You had people like Gerald Sinstad, you go, oh, like, really? And then, <laughs> you know, on ITV, it was worse. You used to have John Helm, I think. Who, yeah, or well, Brian Moore. Really Brian Moore was always the big one on ITV, Moore, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You're saying that the first, look, I've got a list of the commentators and these goals, and the first four are John Motson, Barry Davis, Tony Gubber, who Tony I think Gubber. was vastly yeah. underrated, Clive Tilsley, and Gerald Sinstead. Gerald Sinstead, wow. Um, so, yeah, they were, you talk about that season back in that season, those two Ian Wright goals of that year as well. Mm. So, there must have been some goal of the season. We had those two Ian Wright goals, Letitia's against Newcastle. That was the flick, wasn't it, over someone's head as well, the, the Letitia goal against Newcastle and that blue kit. Mm. Um, then in 95, at least they did win. He did win. two. He scored two in the same yeah. game. He did, well, was a, the other did one? Ch- he did a lob over the goalie. Yeah, he did. Then he did the yeah. one where he sort of, I, mean, I can't describe this through the microphone, yeah, but he, he kind of it, controlled flicked it, yeah. it. He flicked, flicked it, it and flicked yeah. it and kept yeah. it airborne. Well, as your brother said on Twitter this morning, he shinned it and Matt Letitia tweeted it, back yeah. at him and wasn't very happy. <laughs> Take away the penalties. I don't think Matt Letitia ever scored a goal in the area. I don't know. I They're think that's a fact. Yeah, always it's yeah. like twenty-five yard yeah. screamers. Yeah, yeah. he's got some cracking goals every time, but it's a sublime piece of skill. Well, he will go on to this because he scored the, his goal of the season was the one that everyone remembers. I got a frag to Simon since you mentioned as your nineties player, the Blackburn goal. Yeah, which was a, just an awesome goal. The thing with Matt Letizia was I after Arsenal, I was a Matt Letizia fan, <laughs> so I actually remember being upset 
that he hadn't won goal of the season up until this point and could not work it out because he, I just thought he was the best player yeah. outside of our club. And then he finally won it. So, you know. You know what was good was, about that goal? He did Tim Flowers. Who was he played with well, for about yeah. 10 years and that was the thing because you always see it on the celebration because the first thing he did after he scored that goal was kind of point towards Tim Flowers yeah. and it was just should have known up, better yeah. got yeah. one but over I think you. that says more about Matt Letizia knowing how good a player he was and what sort of, how many different types of goals he could probably score yeah. albeit outside the area yeah. um, but, but that was absolutely one. stunning in and out of the, of the defender and then boom what <laughs> top corner absolute postage stamp wasn't that, it? Was a, that was a yeah. worldie and talk of the world is the season after now this always I think divides not complete it's not like a massive argument but I always think the Tony Yaboa two goals from that season the one that won I actually prefer because I don't think anyone's hit a ball harder than that in his entire life the Wimbledon goal true but the one that Sky always show and people seem to think won the goal of the season and is the better one is the Liverpool one it's the Liverpool one and do you know what I actually kind of agree with Sky I actually prefer the Liverpool goal to the Wimbledon one and um Maybe some personal kind of, um, you know, sort of reasons behind it. My brother's a big Liverpool fan as well. (laughs) My dad and I were both Leeds fans. My brother was a Liverpool fan. Second game of the season, Leeds against Liverpool, Monday night football. And and you've got to imagine, I mean, like, you know, it's nil-nil coming up to about, what, 55th minute. And then, you know, suddenly Rod Wallace flicks his header on to Tony Yaboa, 25 yards out. Rod Wallace win a header? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tony Dorigo crossed it up to Rod Wallace. I don't know how he won the header, but Liverpool's defence wasn't wasn't always that great, I guess. But... uh, yeah, it just comes across your bow. Just, I mean, just volleys the hell out of yeah. this ball. Hits the underside of the bar, com- comes down, goes it's back up again. It's always good when it hits the bar as well, isn't it? But the thing that everyone forgets is that David James was England's number one at the time. Mm. And this was, you know, Tony Yabo in his second game of the season beat England's number one with probably, mm. Trevor Francis said it in commentary at the time, he says, that's the goal of the season. And it was the, and it was the first Monday night. Yeah, but mm. it wasn't. It was the Wimbledon goal. I mean, do you remember the Wimbledon goal, sir? I, I felt David's hit stepping Sorry stepping, I, I, I felt with that Wimbledon goal He Basically the ball Stopped him from tripping up <laughs> with that, It was It was an amazing he finish it. He, he does yeah. shin it A couple it, of times But he looked like He was, it was falling kind of, over was And luck, stumbling over He kind of hit a few things But the, the final finish yeah. So hard He hit that ball Ridiculously hard Yeah I, I still remember I mean I was um, I was actually away I still remember this distinctly But um, there was an exhibition Going on in Olympia At the time Called Live 95 I think I went to go and see <laughs> And uh, I just remember seeing uh, the final scores come in and uh, suddenly the shame that Leeds had, had beaten Wimbledon 4-2 and Barry Davis is commentating and oh, saying, oh, it's a Yeboah hat-trick here, you know, and we go, oh, this will be good to watch a match a day tonight. But, you know, his hat-trick was, was fantastic, really. But that goal, I mean, like you said, you, you may have shinned it for the first couple of touches, but the finish was absolutely stunning. I mean, like you said, you know, I don't think anybody's ever hit a ball any harder really yeah. and, and another one I don't think he scored goals and I think also what made it was Barry Davis's commentary talk about good commentators and things but Barry Davis's commentary was uh, was excellent on yeah. that we're already running out of time so we're going to kind of go through as, as much as we can before um, we get kicked out by the QPR lot um, <laughs> which is me <laughs> which is him um, which leads me nicely on to the 1997 goal this season which wasn't David Beckham despite the fact that that goal is obviously an iconic moment mm. Of the 1990s. I would have thought it definitely, you know, from the halfway line. I would yeah, have yeah. That's the goal. It would take some this. goal to beat that, wouldn't it? So what, what possibly... <laughs> what possible goal... What possible goal, goal could get everyone in this room so excited what, to beat... I don't know, David, do you want to tell them? <laughs> it was Trevor Sinclair against Barnsley <laughs> in the FA Cup. 
the scissor kick, right? Do you, Bo- can I ask you... A bicycle kick. Obviously, bicycle. Ash and I are biased. So this yeah. was... It came over. It was way out of the area, and it was a bicycle kick with yeah. his back to goal. Instinctive. So that, I mean, Danny Maddox would put the ball in, wasn't it? Which makes it even better. With, with you guys, as non-QPR and non-Man United, which do you think was the better goal? Beckham or Sinclair? I would, I would have to say Trevor Sinclair. Actually, I was, I was so glad that Sinclair had actually won that season. It wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with my hatred for Manchester United, but it was simply the better goal. I thought, sure, it might have been against inferior opposition, you could argue, mm, yeah. But the technique, and Sinclair was was playing out of his skin that season anyway. I think, but that, mm. that goal was just. We scored another goal. Do you remember yeah. the City goal? He scored. It was a chip from the edge of the area at Loftus Road. It was the same season. I think it's. I would some disagree goals. slightly. That goal, both goals are incredible. The Trevor Sinclair goal is one that if you ask me to watch one now, I've got one minute left to live and I can only watch one goal. I'll pick the Sinclair goal. But in terms of, I've seen people score. <laughs> what mean if you've person? Got a minute left, do you? If you've got a minute left, do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Trevor Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sinclair goal is good, but I've seen people score bicycle kicks, scissor kicks, all sorts of kicks. Yeah. How many times have you ever seen someone score from the halfway line? Char- um, yeah. Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam yeah. Somebody did the weekend well, Goalkeeper scored At the weekend it, yeah. Yeah, They were both good oh, goals. They, they were both, both Very good again, goals yeah. But we, both very yeah. good We'll move on quickly Because we've got to let Simon Wax lyrical About Dennis Burkham Before we go So 1998's goal of the season Was the third The Leicester goal The, the th- Leicester game is Was it his hat trick Was that the third yeah. goal Yeah The Leicester game Is one of the greatest games You can ever watch As an Arsenal fan And that goal Is just one of the most Amazing pieces Of individual skill You'll ever see And just Everything about it. I mean, sticking to the 90s, he did score a goal in the 2000s against Newcastle. And his career, Best you can Premier make, League goal ever. For yeah, me, you can make yeah. a whole. Well, they have made a whole. You can buy a DVD of Burkamp and Henri goals and Burkamp. Available in all good yeah. stores right now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, Must get that one. Yeah, exactly. You'd love it. You could just put it on play. But that goal is. Actually, if I had a minute left to live and I could watch any goal, <laughs> yeah. I won't be watching yeah. Travis okay, I'll be watching Dennis Burkham. Watching the DVD. Yeah. yeah. Watching the D- yeah. I put that DVD yeah. in. One minute left to live, so I put that DVD <laughs> in. Just watch Dennis Burkham over and over again. And, but it wasn't just that goal in the 90s as well. Uh, we mentioned further on in the 2000s as well, but the goal in World Cup 98, I mean, we haven't, we haven't touched on tournaments, only because we're going to do tournament pods throughout, mm-hmm. but you can't not mention that goal. I, I've, what, that, just the t- first touch of that goal. I watched it earlier, and I had to keep watching it. The first mm-hmm. touch... On that goal, I think Frank De Boer is pretty much the whole length of yeah. the pitch that he knocks that ball mm. in, and the first touch is just. Ama- and I only Dennis Burkham. Yeah, yeah, but um, it made him scared of flying, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, That's yeah. right. They never played Europe. Could he? I wonder yeah. what would have happened if yeah. Dennis Burkham could fly. Definitely, but <laughs> or he might have flown over, got crocked in a Champions League game, and true. then yeah, you know, so yeah. on a hard pitch in Russia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think of all the goals, that's the best goal on your whole list, just because of. It wasn't just the ball's come over and he's whacked it in the goal yeah. or he's hit it from 50 yards. It was the skill involved in and that And against no two-bob opposition. You know, it was Argentina. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, I'll quickly run through a few of the... Before yeah. we go about the, the tournament pods, uh, goals. You're looking at Baggio, we mentioned Czechoslovakia. Gascoigne's against Scotland, obviously, very memorable. Yeah. Um, one of my personal favourites, who's not yet got a mention on this podcast, but Davos Stuka, who I absolutely oh, love chip. In, in the 90s. Yeah. He'd, one, he'd be one of my, on my CV, one of my favourite players. That chip against Peter Schmeichel at Euro yes. 96. Yeah. Uh, Poborski's yeah. chip was at the same tournament. Mm. Um, we mentioned Burkamp at France 98. Owen, Michael Owen's go, goal at France 98. Yeah. Um, a name that no one will ever remember, but they'll remember the goal. Salid Al Awarain, if that's right, from USA '94, the Saudi Arabian goal of the tournament. They're all looking at me very confused. 
It was goal of the tournament. Trust me, it was a good one. And then to finish, Roberto Carlos Le Tournois. Yes. yes. I mean, it's probably yeah. the greatest free kick of all time. Mm. It's only a shame that Diana Ross didn't take an extra, <laughs> extra step in 1990 and she'd be on that list, it would wouldn't be, she? Right. The only couple I've got written here that we haven't mentioned very, 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 very quickly, George Kinkladzi's goal against Southampton, mm. wow. uh, yeah. which was another Hell great, brilliant skill for Yeah. Hell of a player Unless you talk to Paul Walsh Listen to the podcast Earlier in the season mm-hmm. um, Eric Cantona's We mentioned Cantona earlier But his goal against Sunderland The chip and the turn mm-hmm. um, And one that I always remember And it kind of stuck out When I was looking at Three goals Darren Huckabee's goal Against Man United Another That's one right. Really right. skillful goal We um, signed him on the strength Of that probably There you go Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so before we go Quickly Any more goals We haven't mentioned David Just generally The players who always Came up in this list As I was looking through it John Barnes scored yeah. Loads of goals And then it was all The same usual suspects Shearer, Cantona Collymore Mm. Mm-hmm. Collingwood scored a lot of goals. Goal Liverpool was never mentioned. So mm-hmm. yeah. Vic, anyone you could mention? Uh, you mentioned Carl Schatz earlier on as we <laughs> opened up the podcast. I would like to just point out the, the European Cup uh, when we were, had a replay against Stuttgart and uh, we had to go play in the new camp. Had a replay against Stuttgart to get into the to qualify for the European Cup and um, and yeah, Carl Schatz came on a substitute for Eric Cantona, got clean through on goal and slotted it in. And it I was bet he dines out on that one right now. <laughs> Probably does. I'm not sure what he's doing now. Probably after dinner speeches on that goal. Well, but he's welcome on any time to favorites. talk about it. And then finally, we'll leave our final words to you there. Any more goals? Okay, well, not so much goals, but just a tip for anyone who wants to research on the goals we talked about on YouTube. Sometimes they don't put the commentary on and they put dodgy <laughs> yeah. music on. It mm. sounds like porn music. So if you're watching the goals and there's people around... Probably best not to, because it might <laughs> sound like you're watching something else. It was very Emmanuel, the one you were watching pre pod, yeah. wasn't it? And the, it, the French goal yeah, as well. Bizarre, goal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one I watched earlier, the Burkamp, when I was talking about it, was some French commentator, and he, went ap- he must have said Burkamp's t- name about 20 times when it went in. He was just like, Burkamp, 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 Burkamp. But rightfully so. Well, we, I think we've gone through a lot of goals then. I'm, I'm sure we may do this pod uh, theme again for the end of the season because there's probably some ones we've missed. But until then, thank you, David. Thank you, Vic. Thank Thanks you, Simon. So uh, next so week, sure. we may or may not be bit, uh, back. So let me just keep an eye on the Twitter feed and we'll let you know. But we're definitely back in two weeks where I think we'll be talking about European nights. Um, so talking about Norwich, Arsenal, May night and all that. But until then, hashtag keep it 90s. This podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. Alive and Kicking is proudly supported by Classic Football Shirts, the home of classic, rare and retro football shirts. For 100% genuine non-reproduction retro shirts, head to classicfootballshirts.co.uk and use the bonus code AK90s to receive a 10% discount on your order. Alive and